Hawk. Hello, Hawk. Hello. 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 Welcome. That's Mark, huh? I'm Mark. Hello. You're Mark. Good looking guy. Oh. And we are back on Flower After Hours. This is Mike Ryan Fan Account, and today we are joined by the one and only Mark Hawkman. Thank you, Mark Hockman, for joining us. I'm Mark at Levitard Show Fan, formerly known as Mark from Reddit. And we're pleased to have a host of Hockman and Crowder here with us, the original executive producer of the Dan Levitard Show with Stugatz, the most recent winner of the best sports radio personality <laughs> by Miami New Times. So thank you for joining us, Mark. Thank you for having me. Why do you sound so serious? And why this did the guy who introduced me have the worst connection of anyone on the uh, on the Zoom? That's fine. This is very important. This this podcast. So we've had a lot of good guests on our silly podcast, believe it or not. Um, let's see here. Uh, Mina Kimes, for example, uh, Jeff Passan, Mike Ryan, you've heard of. Um, but we're really excited to have you here. I, this is my most excited I've ever been. Uh, on a podcast <laughs> in my entire life. And I've interviewed Dan Levitard. This is way more exciting. So am I uh, in the Mount Rushmore? You're of, in the Mount uh, Rushmore of people I've interviewed. It goes you, Mike Ryan, Dan Levitard. Uh, I'm trying to think of some fourth person. that we about Izzy? We'll, put, well, Izzy actually, we like him. I was gonna put something bad, but we'll say Izzy uh, is fourth. Uh, Izzy is great. So before we get started, can you let everyone know where to hear your current radio show um, podcast and if they want to hear it live and also your son's YouTube channel? You want to plug that real quick, which I know you're oh, that's, very that's proud very nice. of. That's very nice of you. Yeah. Uh, my son's YouTube channel, he just started his senior year of high school today. That was day one up in Palm Beach County. Um, it's uh, Hockman's Food Court. If you just go to YouTube and search Hockman's Food Court, the idea behind it was, first of all, fun father-son bonding. We go to you know all the fast food places and rate the French fries or or, uh, you know, but it's good, good father son bonding, bonding. But uh, more importantly, it's building his story for his college applications. He's the vice president of his high school's television station this year, his senior year. And so to help build his his resume and his story as he wants to go into communications and broadcasting was to create a YouTube channel that actually has, you know, current uploads over a long period of time and has a, a decent number of subscribers. So it's Hockman's Food Court on youtube and if you could subscribe it would be genuinely appreciated and you can hear the show hawkman and crowder on 560 a.m or 790 a.m or on the odyssey app a-u-d-a-c-y awesome and i i listened today and i laughed out loud in my car during the amtrak <laughs> discussion when it was one of your sponsors and you're talking about amtrak so you kind of try to organically discuss amtrak get your did. sponsor and i don't know if it was crowder or someone else who was just basically like Trains are terrible. I never want to be on a train. Their food is god awful. So the, them. the great thing about having Crowder as a partner, he's 100% honest. He is who he is on the air, but he has legit broadcast savvy. Like he's a savvy broadcaster. And every now and then, though, because he forgets we're also a commercial radio show, I'll tell him before a segment starts hey, I'm going to talk about Big Macs in the next segment remember because i know what he'll generally just try to take the opposite side of whatever i'm saying and uh and i'll say to him remember you don't have to like big macs but mcdonald's is a sponsor on the show so you can say 
I would never eat a Big Mac, but man, do I love their fries. Always couch it with something that you're not going to piss off. But for whatever reason, the, the top of the hour headlines was sponsored by Amtrak, as it's been for several weeks now. And uh, I just kind of organically went into, hey, have you ever traveled by rail before? I thought it might be an interesting conversation. And he just hammered Amtrak. And then I was like, well, but you could have the, the, the kitchen car, the food car. And he's like, oh, I would never eat that swill. And, and, and I kept trying to throw him his lifeline. Like I thought that he would get it at some point. I'm staring at him. He's right across. I'm staring at him. And then finally, I just had to go. I go, you, you know that they're sponsoring this particular segment. They're the sponsor of this particular segment. And then he, you know, in the, in the Crowder lovable way says, but I love, I love them. I really do love them. He goes, oh, you thought I was talking about Amtrak? I was talking about that different train line. And then I had to tell him there is no other train line. That's it. There's no, there is no other. And he insulted Greyhound, which is why does everyone have project. to be muted? I'm doing a bit here and I'm, no, I'm, I'm seeing people laugh, but I don't get to hear so many of us. You have to like, mute. I, why? Why can't this be I a freewheeling uh, fun conversation? Um, Listen to our earlier podcast. You'll understand why. Yeah. <laughs> why y'all talk all over each other. Yep. But do you remember the, the Rogaine? discussion on levitard back in the one day of, one of the all-time great radio moments for people that haven't heard it there's a i'm doing a live endorsement and and when i was on that show i really didn't get any live endorsements because there was dan and there was stugat stugats took everything and and deservedly so um because my name wasn't even on the show at the beginning of it but rogaine was looking for an endorser on our show and i'm the only guy that's bald and so if people haven't heard it, I, I'm sure you can hear it somewhere on YouTube, but um, I'm doing the commercial. So the, I'm in the studio, the old studios, which you guys didn't see on TV, but I'm doing the commercial and I'm saying Rogaine, I've been using it for three weeks and spoiler alert, I never used it because I, I didn't, the thought of rubbing chemicals into my head wasn't like, I, it just didn't appeal to me, but I'm sitting there and I'm going, you know, I'm using it. And my wife even commented that uh, she's seeing some, some growth, some hair growth. And I just kind of out of the corner of my eye, I'm looking at Dan through the glass. And, uh, and he is looking at me, literally going like this. Can't believe that I'm doing this, you know, because he stands on honesty and... and uh, I believe and, he said uh, and six six damn hairs is actually yeah so said. i'm like i'm like what are you looking at me for you and he's like you've got six damn sprouts on the top of your head and uh, and we're cackling at this point and dan saying i'm so fired and uh, we thought we were gonna lose a big account and uh it was a it was a, it was a great organic radio moment yeah so i before i throw it to other people for questions i think what there's a lot of new listeners to the Levitar show. Obviously, when you go national, you have ESPN, you're on the airport or everywhere. People tend to tune in and start to like the show. But what I want people to know is all the things you like about Levitard, I think, come a lot from you, right? If it's not just focusing on inane things, funny sounds that you like, you play over and over again till you're almost sick of them. And then obviously the key to most of the content is to annoy Dan. And I think you really perfected that. Um, if you go to Levit uh, Levitard show in Hawkman games on YouTube, there's four hours of the games, which is my all time <laughs> favorite bit. So I think uh, people love your current show because it's a lot of the same stuff. If you like Levitard, you'll like your show. But I think uh, we bring you here as a, a, a show of appreciation for what you've helped create 
a show we really love. So on that nice positive note, because it's such a wow. nice podcast, I'm going to throw it to Drake, AKA Cody Calvary, a fan account for the Chris Cody. Which Drake is the Cody Calvary? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Oh, I love that. What's going on, Hawkman? Thank you for joining us, man. Uh, hold on, Mark. Do you want me to go first? Me? Me first? <laughs> you can go. guy right there. That's funny. Yeah, man. Dude, the, uh, probably half of the, the YouTube compilation of the, the I Gotta Tell You and the Roy's Top Tens, those are, those are me from mowing the lawn. Every time I mow the lawn, I play the I Gotta Tell You. Like, literally love that. Love that shit, man. Um, so like that stuff, me- that stuff started as a radio bit. Like that was really planned by me and Dan that he would act as if he didn't understand why we were playing the game, that it was super hacky, but it really did morph into him fucking hating it. Hey, yeah. Like it, it became <laughs> super genuine. Like he, when he would look down at the show sheet and it was time to play the games, like you could, you could see there was a physical reaction. He did not want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. And you can tell the progression. He gets more mad and mad <laughs> as it goes. Yeah, but, but um, <laughs> so a question kind of with, with the games, um, an important question, who was Reggie, the car wash guy and what's he up to now? Uh, that was our actual car wash guy at the building. His name was <laughs> Reggie. He is a, uh, a terrific guy. Let me read my last text that I got from him. Hold on. I've, uh, I've tried. I, I think, I'm the, I think I'm the text. only person that stayed in touch with Reggie. Oh, when Dan was hit, when they were having the, the 50th birthday greetings on the air for uh, Dan's 50th birthday, Reggie texted me and asked me, do you have any ideas for what I should say for that? And, and I didn't, I don't even think that I knew that they were having a, uh, I didn't even think they were, I knew that they were having 50th birthday greetings. <laughs> I wasn't included in it. So I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, all right, well, I've got some ideas for you, but I don't know if you're, I don't know if he's going to love what, what I have you saying, but yeah, he was the actual car wash guy. He did a great job. Yeah, he did. His voice was epic. <laughs> it was. Um, and then my last question. So in terms of the Roy's top 10, I'm assuming y'all didn't ever think it could it would end up being what it was. And then also kind of who all, who all had a, a hand in making it. And also did, did Stu Gotts ever like know what was, what the answers were sometimes, sometimes not kind of go through that process. No, it was from what I remember. I mean, this was a while ago, but from what I remember, Dan and Stu Gotts did not know. You know what? At the beginning, we didn't, it, it wasn't a bit. It was like one of those organic things where we were talking about favorite TV shows and I think we went to commercial break and, and uh, Dan was like, you know what? It might be funny if we come back and Roy gives his favorite TV shows and it's Good Times, Jefferson's, Martin. And then number one will be um, Quincy, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, and so if you listen to the, like the, the original iteration of Roy's top 10, they really weren't that funny or clever. It was just black, 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 white. The punchline was something white at the end. And then they became more clever. Then we actually started putting thought into it. Yeah, the zoo animals one's the one that always sticks out to me. The Derek Cheetah, the MVP of the zoo. (laughs) I'd have to go back and listen to them. uh, Yeah. But they really, by the end, we would sit sometimes for three days 
trying to craft 10 really creative ones. It was me and Mike Ryan, really, that would sit there and just try to, like, really creative. Sometimes Dan would know because I would go to him and go, we, 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 here's the first one, the second one, like, what, what am I missing here? And then, and then he would uh, come yeah. in with a different idea. Is, the, is Cody Cavalry for Chris or for Greg or for both? I mean, I started it as Chris, and then, I, I mean, I kind of used it as Greg for just to, for more likes, more clicks. <laughs> so, but, yeah, mainly, mainly for Chris. So, but, yeah, man, we appreciate you coming on. I'm a, where, I'm a where, 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 where is Drake? You have like a Southern uh, twang going on there. I'm from South Carolina. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. We're worldwide here at Lauer After Hours. Where uh, is everybody? Where are you? I'm Michigan. Mm. Um, but we have Morgan in Australia. We have California. We're, we're all over the place. A few in Miami, of course. But And, and I, you guys all met each other just as fans of the Levitard show or any of you guys have a relationship before then? Just on Twitter, just randomly got a group text going, and here we are. Pandemic. Like you guys, you guys are man. I mean, with the muting and the yesing and the no. I mean, what has gone on? I, I think I scolded everybody. You once guys are so regimented. I mean, these people are scared to make a peep. <laughs> I run a tight ship. I've never hosted before. They're scared of screwing it up. I, you know, <laughs> I won't retweet anybody if they, if they talk over me. Um, banned. The. The best Roy is Lou Brockovich for movies. <laughs> you remember that one? I for, no, I forgot that one. That's a yeah. great line. Very excited that Flem and M is on there. Hello, Hawk. Pleasure What's to up, see Flem? you. I'm glad I can make it. I'm glad it took a crisis for me to get to meet you, but pleasure. What uh, What is your story? Um, you know, a redemption story, I would say. But <laughs> it was, it was looking for something a little redemption. more basic than a story of redemption. I was, yeah, I was um, looking for, yeah, I'm here in uh, Billings, Montana. I mean, and I, uh, I'm, I'm in a Dallas, huge fan of Stigots. Uh, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Oh, uh, how close are you to a Whataburger? Oh, literally, it's probably the closest fast food restaurant to me, actually. Oh, my God. How are you not doing this from there? <laughs> Should I do it? Should I just go over there? With I, would, I would live. Go get some right now and come back. I would live at Whataburger. I would live at Whataburger. I'll go through the drive-thru and you can tell me what to order. This is perfect. Hurry. Go get in your car right now. <laughs> this is how we'll end it. <laughs> this is how we'll do it. All right. So next, we're going to go to Steve. In Bristol, Connecticut. How you doing, Steve Arduini. Yes. Honestly, you're the first person that's ever gotten that right in the first try, I think. So I appreciate it. I have uh, I have a gift. I have very few, but pronouncing names I'm usually pretty good at, but I over enunciate everything. I've been told that for I know I know myself if 
driver here, one of my pre-recorded commercials. Like I'm such a gross over-enunciator, but I do look at people's names and try to get them right from the get-go. I, I see you taught Stu Gatz well. <laughs> so actually speaking of Stu Gatz, my question would be, uh, what was it like when he fired Allison and uh, any kind of other general <laughs> stories of him just being a bad boss or having terrible judgment? He wasn't a bad boss. He was just, you know, he's just, he wasn't, he wasn't seasoned. He wasn't, uh, I talked with Allison for a long time today, by the way. Allison's like one of my uh, better friends from the show, but I had a long conversation with her. <laughs> the people clapping without me being able to hear the clapping drives me crazy. We love it. I want to hear, I want, I want to hear the clap. Let's hear it for Allison. Uh, Allison! Allison, you good? Allison, get her yes, sir. yeah, yeah, she's good. Get her um, on for us. Can you get her on the Zoom right now before we finish? So I, I will. Uh, <laughs> she might want something from Waterburger. She literally just texted me while this Zoom was going on. She owes me, by the way, because someone tweeted her cell phone before on accident, and I found it and I, I called it out. Really? Yeah. So she should too. come on and say hi to us. Good looking out. She really doesn't like. It's not a bit. She does not like to be on the air. She does not like to be seen. Um, she doesn't like it. That that was. All that stuff was never a bit. That's not her wheelhouse. She is such an expert guest booker that it is crazy. Like people have certain innate abilities, innate skills. She can track down or create an interesting guest out of nothing. Um, but as for Stugatz firing her, so I was in Orlando with my family. We had we were on a family trip and I can't remember if Allison called me, but I remember for the next hour sitting in the lobby of the uh, the what's the the Royal Pacific up at Universal Studios, sitting in the lobby of the Royal Pacific, talking with Boog, try, because Boog was on the station at that point, talking with Boog, trying to figure out how we can get Stugatz to undo this. And and like really thinking that. Like this is this is ridiculous. This is this is an awful. I, I can't even remember why she was fired at this point. She must have done something. Obviously, something rubbed either Stu Gotts the wrong way or Joel was the owner at that point. Joel and Murph were the two guys running, and and they may have you know. I mean, when you work for somebody, you if you're a manager, you really have to live within their parameters. And if they say to you, "This person has to go." you're the one that has to be the bearer of bad news. And that's part of, you know, he was a general manager. Part of being the general manager is the, the glory of the good stuff. And the, uh, so I, I don't really know exactly, but I, I would imagine that he took one for the team there, just saying that was his doing. And, and I have a feeling it probably came from above him. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a shock to all of us because at that point, Al, Allison, we thought was, I, not thought, I mean, she was, she was a tremendous addition to the radio station at that point. She came back for that second go round where she was just with the show. But when I was there, she was really running the entire radio station and she was doing a phenomenal job. So it was like, it was, it was really, um, it, it was hard to comprehend why it was happening and, and how it happened. And you know what? It was almost like, I guess now that I think about it, um, Dan and Stu Goddard or Dan and Boog they were, you know, LeBron. And so this was um, the head coach getting fired without even a heads up to the superstar. And so that, that may have been why it was even 
you know, more dramatic that it happened. I appreciate that, you coming on and appreciate you getting my name right even more. Why, how come you don't have like a little uh, moniker? I'm, I think I'm the only person in this group that just myself. On yeah. Twitter. I don't know, but I guess uh, that explains Dan's allegiance to uh, Aaron Rodgers all these years later, the, the firing of Allison <laughs> from underneath him. Um, right. We're going to go to John in Miami who has some uh, changing stations questions. John yeah. Miami. Yeah. Also, if you want to follow me at, at Papa John, at Papa John's um, on Twitter, but my, my question, uh, so I follow, I listen to you on the Levitard show, um, listen to you on the morning show with Zaz and Joy Taylor. And then um, there was a bit of time where I was angry at you for, for leaving the ticket. And, and now I'm, I'm, you know, we've made amends because now you're on um, Hawk and Crowder. And I really enjoy that too. Thank you. But what I want to know is what, what transpired there because I was listening one morning and you were there and <laughs> we had all the banter between, you know, you and Zaz and Joy. And then the next day there was no Hawk. And I was wondering if you could give us some background on that or if there's any uh, tea you could spill on that situation. Uh, no, nah, that was just a, a regular uh, transition from one job to another. So I had a contract with 790 The Ticket, and uh, there was a window that th there was a clause in the contract that if they wanted to exercise an exclusive negotiating opportunity with me, um, that they had to notify me in writing by a certain date. And I knew that that day was coming up. And as that day was coming up, um, my friend George Sedano, who you all know, he was doing afternoons at 560 QAM. Remember, he had left 790 as well. But George knew that he was leaving to go to Bristol. And so 560 management had gone to George. He was the program director there also. And uh and they had gone to George and they said, do you have any idea of who would be a good replacement for you in afternoon drive? And George called me and he said, what is your contract situation? And I said, well, there's this certain date if they don't exercise their exclusive negotiating right. And I knew that they, I knew it was going to fall through the track, uh, fall through the cracks because I knew who was in charge of it. And uh, sure enough, it fell through the cracks and uh, George was also waiting on that date. And he gave the general manager, the general manager at 560 had tried to get the entire Levitard show over there years before. So I had a relationship with him because he would use me as the, as the conduit. And um, uh, he called me, you know, at midnight when they didn't exercise it. And he said, let's meet tomorrow. And they came up with a really good offer because they were looking a to replace George and they were kind of looking to get me off mornings because I was going up against Joe Rose and Joe Rose never had any real competition in the market. And we were doing a really good job in mornings and we have starting to steal advertisers, you know, it's all revenue based really more than ratings. And um, so Joe had a double whammy up his sleeve, which was I can take Hawk away from competing against Joe Rose, who was their big money ticket. And also I can fill our afternoon drive with somebody, a voice that's familiar in the market. And so they came up with a, uh, a gangbusters offer and I went back to 790 and, and they actually, to their credit, I mean, they tried to keep me. Um, they flew in, they had their programming head from Atlanta, flew in 
And we sat down and he said, even if I can match the money, I can't offer you afternoon drive. You're doing mornings. Dan's on an afternoon drive. I can't like if the, if that's and I didn't want to do mornings anymore. I hated mornings. I did not like getting up at 4 a.m. And so um, we, th- there was no way that, that was kind of like a, a moment where I was like, huh, there really is no way that they can match this because I can get off mornings. It's better for my lifestyle, better for my family. And so uh, that's how I ended up. And I, uh, I gave the radio station uh, plenty of notice. And, uh, and they let me work. And then one Monday they said, uh, we're going to make this your last week. Uh, Friday will be your last day. And we don't want you to say anything on the air. Um, and I did on my last segment on the last segment, I said something on the air. Well, not, they, not as salacious as I What did you say? On the air? I, just yeah, said, I don't think not everybody I, knows. I'm curious. Yeah. I, just, I it was literally the last two minutes of the show and I would normally wrap it up. And I said, by the way, this is my final show. I uh, appreciate everybody on 790 the ticket and and they did they screamed at me in the hallway when I got out of that show they were like we told you not to say anything and it was this general manager was a a woman that had just started maybe like 6 months prior I forget her name and uh and she said we had an agreement and and I said I just wanted to say goodbye to people I mean I was only going for 3 months I had a 3 month no compete um but yeah and then uh actually it wasn't a friday because I know I think uh Zaz came on the next day and uh and and made very little reference to to me it was kind of like he's gone yeah that's what i that's what i remember just hearing your voice one day i i yeah i'll tell you radio is the weirdest with that shit and i don't know why and every time that i've had an opportunity to have a say in it when because i was program director at 790 for a while and and i would always say to higher ups because we had a, a show on called the sports brothers and it was uh um a guy named ed and jeff fox and um, their contract was up. We decided not to renew them. I wanted to renew them, but the station decided not to. And the edict from management as the program director was, we don't mention it, we move on. And I always said, this is the dumbest fucking thing. Like you tell people on radio through your promos, through your liners, through your imaging, here's your best friend. This is a great show. You've got to be listening. And then all of a sudden when that person's gone, it's like, pretend like they never existed. And, and I've never understood the logic. I don't even like, I don't even understand like it, it, the radio station sometimes are like, are we acknowledging that we made a mistake by bringing them on in the first place? Like I never understood that part of it. And I think that part is, is almost like a dinosaur um, relic of radio. I don't think that exists too much anymore. Like to pretend somebody just doesn't exist anymore. Um, I, I don't think many stations, maybe smaller market stations do that, but it is a, a, a weird trait from radio stations. All right, good. I, I thought it was going to be more salacious than that, but nah. um, but I'm glad it. I, I, so you guys are amicable with with everybody, all everybody from back in the day with Zaz and. I've and, never had another word with Zaz. We've never spoken to each other again. I, I no, I don't have a good relationship with him. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. I said corrected. Yeah. And he does the he does the show before me now. I we yeah. uh, change studios every day, and I, I I literally since that day I signed off have not said a word to him. Oh. If I may down go down this line, how about Joy and? Uh, yeah, Joy, I talked to. Joy's great. Okay, fantastic. All right, and, and you like Holland Oats? <laughs> Which one? The guy with the mustache? Or, yeah, the, the beautiful black mustache. I'm actually going to see them in September at the Hard Rock. Very excited. Nice. Squeeze is opening for them. I mean, which uh, one do you like better, all or Oats? 
<laughs> we're doing the bit here or i don't even remember I was, how the bit goes. Uh, okay i was hoping you would do the bit but that's all right <laughs> I, I i'll be happy to do it but you got to give me a, a little reminder this is a deep oh, cut I, I didn't even know what he was talking about he goes should i ask the hall and what's the question i go i don't remember this at all <laughs> that is a that is a deep cut i yeah, like that. a deep cut anyways all right well maybe we scrub it maybe we don't but uh that, i enjoy i enjoy, was, I, I enjoy I, no joke no joke john that, that was uh, there were several really memorable moments from Hockman and Zaslow. That's the one that's referenced the most, the Hall and Oates bit. Uh, the Honey Boo Boo interview is another one. I don't know if you heard that yeah. one, but the interview with the Honey Boo Boo mom, that, yeah. that is an all-time banger. Um, but that, uh, that Hall and Oates bit is referenced to me still to this day, at least once a week. Fantastic. I mean, fantastic. I love you on the radio. Thanks for coming on with us, and I'll be quiet now. Thank you. Papa John's on Twitter, everybody. I might follow up for that. That was great. Uh, next one goes Jeanette over in California with a with a question here. Yes. Um, actually, I have two, if that's okay. Who, who um, are you? Like, what do you go by on Twitter? Uh, Jhair17, J-A-Y-H-E-R-1-7. No, uh, no uh, Levitard-related moniker? No, I started the Twitter before I started listening to the radio show. Um, and gotcha. it's, um, I don't want to change it. I lack creativity in that department. All the good names are taken anyways. <laughs> I can't compete with Cody Calvary or Levitard show fan, you know. Yeah, mine's real original. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> um, so along that line, I wanted to ask my first question is what is something that either professionally or personally that you learned from Dan and Stu all those years that you work with them um, that you still apply either in your, you know, as a continuing your career in radio or outside of radio? Uh, I would say from Dan, because you, you don't <laughs> you don't learn the same lesson from the both of them because they are wildly <laughs> disparate personalities. <laughs> but well, uh, one could Dan, be a, one is probably like a do, and the other one is do not do <laughs> underline underline exclamation point. No, Stugat is you know I talked about my radio, my current radio partner being a savvy broadcast pro. Stugat is as savvy as they come. I mean, literally as savvy as they come. And it, it took a while um, for him to be appreciated for just what he meant to that show, even to Dan. And, uh, and I'm glad that, that that's where they're at right now. And I think Stugatz probably is flexing a little bit now um, from what I understand. But um, from Dan, really, I was a radio guy. Dan wasn't. Dan brought me onto the show. You know, we were, we were friends in college and brought me onto the show when he started it on 790 because I had radio background. I worked at the campus radio station at University of Miami. And when I graduated, I went right into radio. I, start, I, would, I was a music DJ though. And uh, when Dan called me to be part of the show, uh, what did I learn from him that I still use to this day? Sports is not this cathedral that cannot be poked and prodded at, made fun of, and I think what a lot of radio hosts, myself included, thought was, if you make fun, if you make light of the industry and the industry being sports and radio, if you make light of it, you're devaluing yourself. If you say that interview was no good, you're devaluing yourself. And I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have that mindset. 
My mindset was the robotic radio mindset, which, by the way, if it wasn't for Dan, would have kept me in the Fort Pierce, West Palm Beach market, you know, making $26,000, playing Taylor Dane and, uh, you know, showing up at the car dealer for $50 and, uh, you know, in, in the T-shirt that the radio station told me to wear. Like, Dan opened my eyes. But, Dan, you know, Dan changed not just Miami radio, but sports radio. He really did because what he said was, a lot of this stuff is silly and you don't have to apologize for it being silly. We all know it's silly. That's how the Suey started, which I don't think they do anymore. Do they? Do they do the Suey? The do I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they've ever done Suey. So I think we're. It used to be, it used to be at the, at the, at the infancy of the show. If, if yeah. something, are you fucking around, Fleming? Yeah, I, I, I lost, I lost the Suey last He's year. been nominated for one. He's just being an asshole. No, no, no. Not the, not the Suey award. Oh, you mean the, we, the, used to, we used to Suey. Sound. Yeah, we used to suey guests. The the, oh. the the we used to play uh, Uncle Luke, Uncle Luke, right? Playing suey. It was Uncle Luke playing uh, saying the word suey. Uncle, we had done an interview at the again the infancy of the show. Uncle Luke came on and he was explaining to us that suey is a derivative of sewage. If something is bad, it's suey. It had nothing to do with radio. We were just talking about something. We learned a new word that day, and we uh, you know we uh, isolated. Luke saying Suey and uh, and Dan decided that when an interview is going poorly and we have a guest on instead of it, pretending that this interview was great and, and everyone listening is enjoying it, we'll just fire off the Suey kind of subtly in the background while a guest is talking. And it doesn't matter if it's Chris Mortensen and it doesn't matter if it's Terrell Owens, if the interview is Typical radio pablum, fire off the suey, and that's our signal to listeners that we know it's as bad as you're thinking that it is while you're listening in your car. And uh, and so that was the, the, but that's what I learned from Dan. It was like, so we do this interview once, I've told this story a million times, but we do an interview and uh, when the interview's over and we hang up with the guest and Dan's still on the air, he's wrapping up the segment and he's like, man, that interview was bad. I am, I am sorry. That was boring. That wasn't worth anyone's time. And I'm behind the glass going like this. No, 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 you don't say that. Don't say that. And we go to commercial break. And, and I mean, it seems so obvious now, but he goes, why, why were you trying to stop me from saying that the interview was terrible? And, and I was like, because you don't say that. Like you don't acknowledge. And he's like, but did you think it was bad? I'm like, yeah, it was terrible. And he's like, does anyone in the studio think that that was a good interview? No. He's like, don't you think the listeners know that it was a terrible interview? I'm like, I guess so. He's like, so why can't we say that it was a terrible interview? And I'm like, I, I don't know, but you just can't. And he's like, well, I am. And, and it was so revelatory. It was so eye-opening. And then it was even like, we had a great interview. I don't know who was with this. Is, I'm literally within the first few weeks of the show. Great interview. And Dan said, um, that interview was great. Like, what should we do with it? There were no podcasts at that point, by the way. There was no on-demand listening. That interview was great. What should we do with it? And I was like, well, what do you mean? What should we do with it? And he's like, well, what? I, like, how do we repurpose it? I'm like, well, you don't. It's just, it's like, we did it. It was great. It's over. And he's like, so it just disappears into the ether? 
And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, but we have it. Like, it was great. We have it. Like, let's play it again. And I was, I was like, yeah, but you don't play an interview again. He's like, why not? And, and really, that's, the, that's the, the biggest lesson from Dan. Like, why not? Why not? You don't have to follow this, this uh, traffic pattern that's been around for eons just because it exists. And obviously, he's done that in his entire life. Like, that's not uh, just the radio show. He's done that for his entire life and has served him very well. It's a little bit of a naive attitude, but he's at the point now, too, where he doesn't have to follow any rules other than his own. But it was super gutsy at the beginning, but he had this great career as a newspaper columnist. The radio station, the radio show didn't mean anything to him like the newspaper column did. So he had this great luxury of saying, yeah, but this is the way I want to do it. I don't care if nobody else wants to do it. That This is the way I want to do it. And if you don't want me to do it this way, I just won't do it. I won't be on the radio station. He never signed a contract. You guys know the story at the beginning. He never, never signed a contract for a while because he wanted to make sure that, uh, that he really enjoyed doing it. And uh, so that's, uh, that, was, that was my biggest lesson from, from Dan is just like, use your gut. You don't have to, you don't have to follow what has been you know, the normal uh, rules in anything while still respecting that there are people that do have to follow those rules. And so it's, you, you, walk, that, uh, you walk that line. That's why uh, Mike Ryan has been so perfectly suited to be the executive producer of that show because you have on one side uh, when they were with ESPN, Dan saying, I'm doing what I want. And Mike, who was the guy that really had to talk to ESPN, them saying, no, 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 this is how we do it. And to be in the middle of that and try to finesse them both. You like, I would say Eric Spolstra was perfectly suited to coach the big three down here. Like he was perfectly suited to take those personalities and coach them. Mike Ryan, perfectly suited to be that bridge between Dan and the ESPN. We agree. Did I, did I answer any of Jeanette's questions or no? Yes, more than enough. I got to tell you that's exceeded my expectations. Well, I've got news for you. Uh, I was trying to. (laughs) Games Uh, joke. My second question is a little bit um, not as serious, but is do you have any regret that 790 the ticket wasn't named the octopus so you guys could pet those pro medals <laughs> for rocking your bus? I, I I don't recall that. I don't. Did that happen when I was part of the show that Stugatz revealed that? It's an old rejoin. But uh, is it, but like was that when I was part of the show? I don't no, recall it was, that at it all. It was after. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't I I don't I, I know that they've uh, talked about what some of the name options were, but I was never uh, I was never privy to any of that stuff. <laughs> the ticket, the ball, the puss, I think were the three <laughs> options. <laughs> you have a ball up here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know, so really it does, it does happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when it first started, you remember it was 790 ESPN radio. When it fir- when it first started, Boog wasn't part of it. So it was uh, Joe Rose in the morning and Dan in the afternoon. And those were the only local programs. The rest of it was ESPN programming. And it was called 790 ESPN radio for several months. And then, uh, and then they decided, all right, let's go, uh, uh, let's go Uber local. Perfect. Very cool. And they, and they do the suey sound once every couple of years, you'll hear it randomly pop up. (laughs) It's very rare, but it's when it's 
really shout out to the uh to the day ones yeah yeah it happens um let's see i'm gonna go back to let's see uh mike ryan fan account with a very important question good evening so thank you for introducing me to earth wind and fire we've got some bangers for sure ah the best uh what was your favorite part covering the big three favorite part of covering the big three yeah or like talking about the, it, no, it was, it was Dan's rants. Dan's rants were, I mean, th- those were radio gold. And, and they were, the first few that we did were live, right? And so we were playing, I forget what the music is behind it, but we were playing music behind it. And Dan was trying to keep the cadence up. The, when it got further into rants, anything big that would happen, everyone expected one of the rants and we would write then we would really sit down and try to write them in advance but dan would record them in the production studio beforehand um but the big three era for me like there was some good stuff in there (laughs) i'll tell you a great story this has never been told before i'm going to give you an exclusive exclusive um when uh was it the big? Actually, this was before the big three, but it's it's still an exclusive. Oh, never mind. When we first started the uh, the Levitar show, we had a uh, deal with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade did a weekly show with us. He was, you know, not a rookie, but he was a young guy, and and certainly was not the uh, the mega superstar that he is now. But he would do a weekly show uh, with Dan talking heat, and a lot of times, you know, we were beholden to Dwayne's schedule and so it was one night it was like we're taping it we're, we've we're going to tape it Wednesday afternoon um at noon that's the only time that D Wade and and you got to remember Stu Gutz was the general manager so everything was sold everything was sponsored so there's probably three sponsors that are paying to be the title sponsors of the Dwayne Wade show on the Dan Levitard show and uh and so we had to have one every week and because there was a lot of money tied into it. And there was obviously a lot of money that D Wade was being paid to do the show. So it's Tuesday and I'm setting it up for the following day. And I tell Dan, yeah, you got to be in at noon. Um, Cause we're going to tape with Dwayne Wade. Um, that's the only day he can do it this week. That's the only time. And uh, Dan was like, I can't be in tomorrow at noon. I, I can't do it. I, he was writing something for the Herald, whatever it was, he couldn't uh, be there. So we went into the production studio that night and I just had him record about 15 questions. And then when I got Dwayne Wade on the line that uh, the next day at noon, I said, all right, D there. All right, we're going to tape this. Don't forget, we're going to air it tonight, probably around five o'clock. Let me patch you through with Dan. Dan, go ahead with Dwayne. And I fired off the first question. Hey, Dwayne, uh, you know, what do you think about that uh, Knicks game last night? I'm a- Wade gave his answer. And then based on his answer, I had like these 14 other questions to choose from. And so I did, we interviewed Dwayne. I guarantee you, Dan doesn't even remember that, but we interviewed Dwayne Wade with pre-recorded Dan questions without telling Dwayne Wade and making it sound as if it was a live interview. <laughs> What's the or one shady. thing Atlanta has to do to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> What's that? No, they did a similar bit on, on the show just recently where they just kept repurposing the one question about uh about a super bowl that happened five years ago kept that re-asking that question funny so in short that was just a badly timed show reference by john <laughs> i it's probably a good time good uh it, it's not bad for you guys because you all listen no yeah that was bad <laughs> thanks steve <laughs>
I needed before, I needed an ally there. Before we uh, wrap up, I, I'll have one more question. So. That's it. We're done. No, no, we have, wait, oh, wait. there's Flim here. Are you? I okay. Ask your question. Flim and M. Are you, are you two, mad that I there's, there's two more questions? I know there's two more. Well, That's yeah, it? I, just two more two questions. More from we're me. gonna scrub this uh, whole last three minutes. No, this... we're not. We're actually gonna include the part where I apparently put a free Zoom link up here and limited y'all to forty minutes. So all this will stay in. <laughs> is that uh, why this is ending? Because you don't have enough Zoom time? Oh no, we have time now. Uh, the first time, yeah, it's a whole thing. It'd be weird to explain to you now, and it's Mark's. Yeah, fault. he fucked it up at the beginning. So yeah, if I'm not hosting, I try to sabotage a podcast. And even That's, when he's not, you know, even when he is. Two things actually. How is Roy away from the show? It, it just socially, and I mean that because it seems like he's always, he looks more vocal in still pictures than he does as I watch him in videos. And that's not like a slide at him. It's just, is he somebody else away from the cameras and lights and show? I don't think he's someone else, but uh, he, it, it depends who he's around. He, he's one of my oldest friends on the show. And he and I are still close to this day. I talk with Roy a lot. We went to a, a Marlins game um, a month or so ago, and we'll go to several Panthers games throughout the season together. Um, he and his uh, wife and, uh, and Claire uh, have gone out to dinner numerous times with me and my wife or come to the house. A lot of times if I'm having friends over to watch a game or a big event, I'll call Roy and, and he'll come sometimes. Um, if he's comfortable around you, He's fun as hell, uh, as quick to laugh and laugh uproariously as anyone. But if he's if he doesn't have that kind of relationship with you, then he's the Roy that you see. But as as when I first met him, that dude was so tightly wound that uh, Roy Roy, when I first met him, makes the Roy of today you know, look like uh, wild and crazy guy, you know, timely seventies. Physically impossible. <laughs> right, he's got, my... he's got a great dry sense of humor. He's just, he's really, he's one of my favorite guys to be around. No, no. And I knew you were close friends or at least I assume so because the internet said y'all were. So that's why I asked. I was just <laughs> well, if the internet things. said it, yeah, for that's sure. The way I live my life, unfortunately. <laughs> Same question is, does your mind ever stop as a producer? Because I feel like at some point, like all everything that happens goes through a filter of is this potentially content before it goes into being nothing yeah so does your mind ever stop no never never and i it's still to this day even hosting the show everything runs through the prism of is that good content you know i had a uh, a weird incident last night it was in my kitchen my cell phone was in my pocket and i heard that unmistakable FaceTime ring, you know, it has that odd, you know, that's not a bad impersonation I did there, by the way. Great that's a pretty fake. good Crush limited fake, huh? oh, limited oh, fake FaceTime ring. I'll, I'll write it um, down. But I, but I, but I hear this um, in my pocket and, and I immediately just thought it was my son calling me from the other room. We'll FaceTime each other now and then he wants to show me something on a on a screen or uh, whatever. And so, but somehow in my pocket, I butt dialed or, or thigh dialed a newscaster in Miami, Donovan Campbell, a sportscaster in Miami, Donovan Campbell. Um, and he answered it, but this all happened while it was in my pocket, right? 
So I hear and I ignore it because I was literally standing at the sink washing dishes. So I'm doing this and I think it's my son. So, and he's, you know, right down the hall. But then I hear this voice, Hawk, Hawk. So now I realize what the fuck is going on here? I pull out my phone and John, you're the one from Miami, John. You probably know Donovan Campbell. He's a sportscaster mm-hmm. on Channel 7. Sure. He's on my FaceTime shirtless. What do you need? And, uh, and, and, and it took me a couple seconds to gather my thoughts to realize I FaceTimed him and he just answered it shirtless. And as, as quickly as I had done that, I thought to myself, what great content this is. So I screenshotted it real quick. It was the first thing that went through my head was, Holy shit, what an amazing moment. Donovan Campbell's shirtless. I'm washing dishes and we're FaceTiming. And so I screenshotted it so that I could turn it into content. So no, there, your mind never stops thinking about con- everything is run through the prism of content. There is not a worse person to accidentally FaceTime shirtless than a producer or somebody in radio, apparently. It's just, <laughs> Dan, uh, Dan, Dan has a great story. I won't tell you what he texted, but it was something foul. But I'm, I'm in, this is years ago, obviously. Um, Hawk, I'm, I'm in his cell phone is Hawk, H-O-C-H. And Andre Dawson, the Hall of Famer, is in his cell phone, H-A-W-K, Hawk. And he accidentally texted Andre Dawson something really foul and then called me in a panic. You're not going to believe what I just texted Andre Dawson. And there's no way that I'm going to explain this uh, away. <laughs> and if you've heard a Hawk, uh, Hawk. Andrew Dawson interview, you know, those are two completely different personalities. Very serious dude. And that was before I got hacked was an excuse, right? It's just like, oh, that was, yeah, there was, there was no such thing as, uh, as I got hacked. And I mean, it was, it was, yeah, there was no explaining that away other than I thought I was texting this to someone else, but that wouldn't have explained away what he actually texted. Like, why the hell would you be texting that to someone else? I got hawked. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Flam. I, I have one real quick. So we've been talking about the show a lot. So uh, what's what's the moment where you knew that the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gotts and, and Mark Hockman was special and, and great? What, was there a specific moment that it dawned on you? Uh, I don't know if it was a specific moment, but I'd been around radio, you know, for my entire life. And, um, I, you know, we used to do emails at the beginning. There was no text line. And people would email the show um remember do you remember it was can't stand dan yeah at yeah. 790 the ticket? the ticket um which was a homage to tony kornheiser who had that same email for his show up in washington um but i remember getting emails that said uh i wasn't able to listen yesterday what did i miss and that was revelatory to me as a radio guy because in sports radio morning zoos yes but in sports radio, someone going, what did I miss? Because, you know, if you grew up listening to Hank Goldberg or um, uh, Mike and the Mad Dog, what'd you miss? You missed phone calls. You, you missed listeners calling in with inane um, ideas and then the host reacting. Like, you never missed anything on sports radio. Never. There was I, literally, you never missed anything. And, uh, and I remember we would start to get all these emails. What did I miss? And I was like, holy shit. Like he's onto something here. Like people want to know what, and then, uh, 
we started doing some events and I had done my share of radio events, which literally is standing at a folding table with a wheel and a keychain. I mean, really the lowest of the low, like gives me uh, the chills thinking about it. And um, I, I remember doing events and, you know, I mean, people could not wait to meet Dan. They couldn't wait. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they couldn't believe it. They wanted pictures with, it. and it was like that, you know, but it, the emails were really what told me that we were onto something. What did I miss? I was like, wow, what did you miss? Like, we've got something here. And the good thing was, if you emailed Can't Stand Dan, Dan would reply on his personal email, his <laughs> AOL then email. That. Then I yeah. had his AOL email and I yeah. sent him stuff once yeah. in a while. Which he still has. He still yeah. has. Yeah, and then email. I sent him like my two-year-old saying in the big voice, you know, like Dan Lebitard show. And he wrote, he wrote back like, you have a real problem. You know, that was, <laughs> this is like 2012. Are you a day one listener? I am. I know the exact day. It was when you interviewed Bill Simmons after the big three got together. I love Bill Simmons podcast. So I said, oh, I'll hop over. I like Dan on PTI. I haven't missed a day since. It's been 11 years. Wow. And I'm in, wow. I'm in Michigan. And what, so. what, do you, what do you do for a living? Uh, I, I work for a large alcohol company. Hmm. I'm, you know, incognito kind of, not really. I, I, apparently. Um, apparently by the, very, by the very nebulous answer. I, <laughs> there's, I a lot, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack here, I guess. I don't with, post uh, my real name. I with the uh, Levitard Reddit guy. You can't yeah. be that beautiful and hide. That's true. <laughs> I, he, I mean, look at his eyes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Get lost in these, buddy. Steve was going to ask your worst <laughs> radio remote. And I'm just going to ask it for him since you, you mentioned how bad radio the, remote. The worst know. Dan Levitard show radio remote? Well, whatever in your life, I guess. What, what made you the most sad? Well, the, the worst one that I ever did when I first started radio and I, I graduated University of Miami, my first job, the first place I got hired was in Belle Glade, Florida. And Belle Glade, for those who know, it's on Lake Okeechobee, which is in the middle of Florida. I was able to live in West Palm Beach, but I would drive out every day. And Belle Glade is a, a small little town, but there's smaller cities that are, you know, what they call the lake uh, communities. And, um, you know, I was this naive 20 or 21 year old kid. I'd grown up in the suburbs of Chicago and then went to University of Miami. I was a fairly sheltered uh, kid. And I get out to Belle Glade and it's a whole different lifestyle. Like it's a whole different world. And that's great. I'm learning. And, uh, and they tell me one day you are, and I was getting $50, excuse me, to do this $50 for four hours, by the way, $50 for four hours to take the radio station van on a Saturday to Moorhaven, Moorhaven, Florida, which is a tiny community on Lake Okeechobee. And it's the Swamp Cabbage Festival. And I didn't know what Swamp Cabbage was. And I didn't know what Moorhaven was. But they said, here's how you go. You just drive around the lake. You'll get to Moorhaven. You'll get to the Swamp Cabbage Festival. And um, I pull up to the Swamp Cabbage Festival. And the theme for that year's Swamp Cabbage Festival, you know, is on a, a big sign, you know, on the, you know, that's on, you know, two posts as you drive in. The theme was... If the South would have won, we'd have it made. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right, I love it. <laughs> yep. And I was like, where the fuck am I? Like, where the fuck am I? That was the worst uh, 
remote, that one sticks in my head because I, I, I was like, I, I just didn't think that existed anymore. Now we all know uh, through social media that that's probably more prevalent than uh, than I was aware of. But I was super naive. And I, I, I literally I could like I'm, I remember sitting there in that van looking at like I have to be reading this wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I, like this this doesn't compute. Uh, the worst Levitard show, there's two two uh, remotes and he stopped doing them. He wrote that into his contract that I, I'm not going out of the studio. But uh, we did one at a Japanese restaurant in Doral called Suwu. Anybody remember this uh, this event? At the handshake? Uh, yes. So I, uh, I was, you know, again, I'm radio guy. So I'm always the guy that tells Dan, no, it's important to do these events because people get to see you and meet you and the salespeople. It takes a while to sell something like this in. And so we go uh, to this. Uh, the video is up on YouTube, but not not this actual moment. But uh, we go to this Japanese steakhouse. <laughs> in Doral called Suwu. He doesn't want to be there in the first place. So now, you know, what Dan does when he doesn't want to be there, he starts inviting people to couch the effects of him being uncomfortable. So Uncle Luke is there. Like, it's just, hey, everyone has to come to Suwu to make Dan more comfortable. So we get in there. There's nothing for us to do. It's not a bar. It's a fucking hibachi restaurant. So, you know, all these tables are filled. There's no stage. There's no nothing. So we're standing there. And I say to him, this place, you know, like everyone's here to see you. Just walk around to the table, say hello to people. And he goes to the first, <laughs> he goes to the first table. I'm Dan Levitard. And I said, thank you. Oh, this is so cool. And he gets to the next table. Hi, I'm Dan Levitard. Thank you for coming tonight. And the guy just looks at him and goes, I'm not here for you. <laughs> and there were just people eating dinner. And I mean, Dan wanted to melt. And, and I knew that it was going to be taken out on me and probably deservedly so. But I knew that I was going to have to spend the next two hours just, you know, patting his back. And it's it, it, no, it's not as bad as you think it was. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't think it was. I don't think it's as bad. And then we did one uh, when David Sampson first started on the show. We had done a couple movie screenings. We had rented out theaters. And uh, we had done a movie screening of Tropic Thunder, and we had done a movie screening of one of the Rambo movies. And honestly, Terrell Owens, we invited him to one. He showed up. Remember when the Dolphins drafted Reagan Mawia? He showed up. He was this viral sensation because he uh, bursted through the door. Um, so we did these movie screenings, and they were packed. People would be lined up two hours. We always did them at the Hialeah Movie Co. because I knew the general manager of the Hialeah Movie Co. So he would set aside a theater for us. And people would line up because obviously there was limited seating. They'd get to see the movie for free and we would entertain them as much as we could before the, you know, we'd have a, a microphone in there. We'd entertain them. We have David Samson on and he's doing his movie reviews. And this is like the uh, beginning of the David Samson stuff. And he's doing movie reviews. And we decide let's do a movie screening with Samson. And he chooses the movie. And he said his favorite movie was this, little known horse racing movie called The Long Shot. Uh, I think Richard Dreyfuss is in it. I may be wrong. So we set up this screening for David Sampson. <laughs> for David Sampson, The Long Shot. And we had had all these successful movie screenings. And we get there after the show. And if I tell you there are 15 people there, I'm being generous. 15. Dan's already got the flop sweat going. He hate now he hates the movie screenings. And I, I will never forget, there was, you know, the big curtains and the screen. 
I'm like, well, there's probably some traffic. Let's wait a little bit. You know, there's maybe 30 people scattered through a theater that seats 400. And I remember Dan standing behind this curtain. It's now time for him to come out and greet the crowd. And we're going to, you know, we always have energy and whatever. And I just remember him peering, <laughs> peering out behind the curtain and on the microphone, just going, hello. And it's just, <laughs> it's just silent. And you guys know Dan at this point, like he doesn't like that. Like that really like, and uh, man, I mean, all I had the entire night for three hours on the phone was how do we prevent something like this from ever happening again? You know, it was just, and, and I'm just like, yeah, it sucked. It sucked. I know we, we that won't happen again, but that was the worst. I think that was the, uh, the uh, final straw for him on doing events, unless he was certain that, uh, that there was going to be a good crowd. Then we started uh, making sure that there'd be a good crowd. If you remember, we used to do a lot of events at high lie or a quarter deck and the gimmick we did was we would print a limited run of t-shirts and uh, and i still have them all but the only way to get a t-shirt was to register via can't stand dan at uh, 790theticket.com in advance and the first 200 people registered we would keep their name and then when they would get there you were able to pick up your free limited edition t-shirt whether it was from quarter deck whatever and it wasn't just to give out t-shirts it was to guarantee that at least 200 people were going to show up to the events because everyone wants a free t-shirt. Especially fans of this show. Um, <laughs> well, we appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to wrap up with Lou in sales for his question and he'll sign off for you. Yep. All right, Mark. Um, I'm, I'm a Levitard fan because of Stugatz. So I want to know when did you realize Stugatz was Stugatz? And I want like a, um, just a good story about Stugatz, mm. like just like where Stugatz is like you know earlier the worst Stugatz story you got. I don't know. I gotta think about that. You can give us more if you want. I don't. I I I I'm I'm pressed. Stugatz is Stugatz. There's no question. He has zero hesitation to put his arm around you, tell you how much you mean to him. And, uh, I, I, you know, and, but has, but there's, there's no truth behind it. There may be truth in that very moment, but you know, a lot of people, I'm always worried about being hypocritical about something or being less than genuine about something. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't have those worries. He's it, it's a, uh, it's a unique character trait. I don't know if I had, I, I, I mean, I have a million Stugat stories, but now I feel like I'm on the, the spot to come up with here. a good now one. I'm a hospital. I, how, how about like when you like with the first when you when you realize like oh this is Stu Gotts is Stu Gotts like maybe, maybe do you is that story where you realize it, well it no it it became um like all the stuff that I think that they've talked about on the show it became you know pretty uh it became pretty obvious <laughs> I like the messages that are popping up um the 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 stuff that he would do on the show hey we have to go to Cafe Martirano. Uh, let's set this up. Let's go to Cafe Moderano and two years would pass and he would be, he would sound as genuine as hell. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to take you to Cafe Moderano. I, I absolutely, uh, we used to do, you know, at the, the, when, when the, the station went through budget cutbacks, 
Um, I wasn't making nearly the money that obviously Dan was or Stu Gatz at this point. This is when it was just a local radio station. And they decided that they weren't going to pay Roy anymore. They let Roy go. And so it was my idea that we pay him, me, Dan, and Stu Gatz, and we split it equally three ways, which wasn't really fair uh, because I wasn't making nearly as much money then, but I wanted Roy to be part of the show. And so for a long time, we split his salary. This is, again, way back in the days of 790 The Ticket. But we split his salary three ways. And I would diligently bring Dan a check every two weeks. I would give it to Dan. Dan would write it out of, you know, Levitard Enterprises or, or whatever it was. But I would diligently, I would never be late if it was the two week that we, and Stugatz could go seven months without giving a check and and finally you know would write a a big check to cover uh whatever he was owed but that's it the the my last um conversation with stugatz via text is it's perfect stugatz um i don't know does it tell you it doesn't tell you the date so it's a while ago he texts hey i want to grab lunch with you one day next week or the following week let me know I text back, yeah, let's do that. It'd be fun to catch up. He texts, okay, Wednesdays and Fridays uh, work for me, but I can make any day work. And I say, Wednesday is fine with me. He gives me the thumbs up emoji, says, looking forward to it. I text the day before, I think. What time, where do you want to go? I'm doing the show from my house still. Closer is better for me. And he texts back, I'm off that day. So whatever works best for you, I'm still in Parkland. And then I text him the day of the lunch. Oh, it's May 19th. I text him the day of the lunch, May 19th. What time do you want to meet today? This is about an hour before the lunch. Hey, apologies. Taping Kevin Love with Dan at 12.15. Possible to do next Wednesday or maybe over the weekend. So I write, yeah, I'm good any day until I start going back to the studio. I'm probably going to go back to the studio after Memorial Day. He writes, okay, and the show starts at two, right? And I say, yes. And that is the last that I have heard of Stu, from Stu Gatz <laughs> since May 19th, when he had to cancel on lunch, couldn't wait to reschedule. And then since May 19th, I have not heard a word. Everyone and I love him. Cameo from him. <laughs> <laughs> Who would buy that lunch, by that's, the way? That's a good question. I mean, he should. It's always based on who has more. Lunch on Market in Moss, Miami. Hey, Lou, do you have anything to show him, or what are we doing here? I do. So, yeah. So, Mark. Um, well, no, normally, normal, normally the other guy, Crispy, he he leads it into it. But so, um, oh, I for see. Being a guest, yeah. I'm the first yeah. time hosting. I didn't do the thing. Yeah. So, how come you don't host? We have a better guy. A couple better guys. Yeah. Well, how come he couldn't be here? He doesn't like his birthday. Well, why, birthday. Why did Why did I get the fill-in host? How dare you? I think I'm doing a great job. I got uh, I got invited to the Anthony Anderson uh, Jimmy Kimmel show. <laughs> He's like We've been asking you for three months to come on this podcast. You were just dodging me. Speaking of dodging texts, you would refuse to give me a date. So let's not. No, I, I didn't, but involved. I didn't dodge your texts. I just uh, I, I I really do I, because I do four hours a day. I I don't do pod, I've done two podcasts in my entire life. And I get asked all the time. Everybody just wants to know Levitard show stuff. And that's fine. I love talking about it. Um, but I've done two podcasts in my entire life. One was Five Reasons when Chris Whittingham was part of it. Whittingham's my best friend on the show. Uh, he and I have lunch every other week. 
Um, and then this other podcast was somebody that works at the radio station that was was doing them. I, I normally, I honestly don't do podcasts. This is fun though, because I would say most of you guys really know the history of the Levitard show, which is fun because I could talk about that for hours. Do you buy Chris's lunch? Uh, I do. I do. He has Making never sure holding you accountable for he has. He will tell you, you can ask him. I never allow and I, and I take him and another friend and I never allow them to pay for lunch. It's my prediction that he's gonna be super famous someday. Chris Whittingham. I have said for five years, he is Mike Tirico. Yeah. He has such an ability to broadcast any sport in a professional manner. And uh, I, I really like uh, I, I really believe like he will he will be one of the major sports broadcasters um, uh, of, of the next, you know, 20 years. Like he's that good. So now I'm going to do the professional thing and toss it to Lou by saying we like to give all our guests <laughs> a special gift for thanking them for joining us, especially you who doesn't do many podcasts. So Lou mm -hmm. has been in his studio crafting your gift during the interview. So really? Lou, like to show Mark what you <laughs> have in, for him. Does he have an embroidery machine? Yes. I do. I actually, yes, I do have an embroidery machine. So at the beginning of, that's why I was on. Oh, is that really an embroidery? <laughs> yeah. So it's really loud. So we got you a, I, I don't know if you could see it, but it's wow, uh, writing is really bad. And it says me first. <laughs> that's excellent. Oh, so, I can't wait. I have a, I have a tear, uh, one, one single tear running down my cheek. I don't know if you can see it with the lighting. I can. <laughs> we'll get your information. We'll get that over to you so you can wear it proudly. Very excited. Did I deliver? Was this uh, worth well, anybody's this was, time or no? This was really good. All right. You should be proud of yourself. <laughs>